0: everyone, welcome to our 23rd, 24th, who's counting, episode of Think Compliance. Join us as we are discussing the importance of compliance that's never understood. and welcome to Think Compliance, brought to you by Compliatric and Ahmed Salim. My name is Dagmar Austin. Happy to be doing this ad hoc session with you on this lovely Friday afternoon. Ahmed, how are you?
1: Hey Dagmar, I'm doing good. Good. Excited as always.
0: (laughs) I hear Chicago in the background. (laughs) Uh, Yeah. Um, So what are we talking about today? First and
1: foremost, we're going to be talking about compliance, and the importance of compliance, but, uh, you know, we, I kind of been thinking about this idea of, you know, what we are in most organizations, and that is non-revenue generating departments. And I started thinking about the state of the world, and my wife is an infection preventionist, right? She, uh, she works kind of uh, like a compliance team, right? Their, their job is to make sure that people are in compliance with infections within hospitals and you know with the pandemic you saw infection prevention and kind of nonstop busy the last 10 or so months um so i kind of want to talk about some parallels and uh, discuss what makes sense and what we can do as compliance professionals to kind of educate more in-house
0: so you're comparing compliance to infection control in that both of these um, both of these efforts they're hard to quantify um, or really see the roi
1: yeah, I mean that's that's typically what you hear as a compliance professional. Um, you know, being in a department that does not generate revenue, the importance of what we do is really hard for a lot of people to see. so typically, you know we I always say a good compliance department will prevent an organization from truly understanding the level of like monetary penalty they're going to get right you're not going to see it quantified because if you're proactive enough and if you have a well-run program you shouldn't be getting into trouble you should most likely be capturing what you need to capture You know, if it's an overpayment, if it's inappropriate contracts, if it's a privacy breach, whatever uh, the case may be, as a fully functioning proactive compliance program, you're able to handle those on the front end before they spiral out of control and become bigger issues for the organization.
0: It's an interesting parallel that you're drawing, um, protecting an organization on the front end from things, you know... That you almost can't even comprehend happening
1: yeah it's uh it's scary and you know obviously first and foremost uh, seeing a lot of the issues related to covid close since what my wife does for a living you know my hearts and sympathies we don't want to belittle what's going on in the pandemic uh, for the purposes of a, a podcast topic uh, I I want to obviously talk about how I see it relating and what we can what we can learn from what our fellow compliance folks in the infection world have learned, um, and you know what I mean by that is you know my wife has told me throughout her career and I worked in the same hospital at her at one point is people call her the hand police, right? The idea is infection prevention tells you how to wash your hands and prevent an infection for a patient right? And people look at compliance as the police, right? Oh, I don't want to get a call from the compliance officer because it's I must have done something wrong. And both mindsets towards the infection prevention department and compliance department on the employee side are just bad mindsets. And and that's kind of the problem that we see. And that idea that we are only out to bring negative news or prevent you from doing something that you think you should be able to do, makes our jobs even harder, when in fact what we're trying to do is protect the organization in a proactive manner that when we do so, isn't quantified and you really can't translate that to senior leadership uh, You know, return on investment, as you mentioned earlier.
0: How do you change that cultural uh, perception, that shift to really engage your senior leadership, um, you know, to have their full support and buy-in?
1: Well, so it's interesting. I mean, so I'm seeing it on the infection prevention side right now. And, like, typically that's a department that's kind of fought for resources, fought for a seat at the table, fought for people to pay attention even to their training. Um, You know, things changed overnight back in March, right? Um, Infection preventionists were involved in every important meeting, operationally, strategically, uh, you have individuals asking infection preventionists to come to departments to train on proper hand hygiene, you know, how to wear proper PPE so they're not being infected. And, you know, it, it's really unfortunate to kind of see see that kind of on a reactive basis because that's, that's the whole point of what we do. Um, and the idea is to kind of be on that proactive front so you're not having your organization have to react. And the best way we can do this is really – uh, kind of follow the seven elements, you know. Um, you know, I conduct a risk assessment on an annual basis. It's not. It's not. It's not only just conducting the risk assessment, right? If I identify that there is a glaring gap in our physician contract process, where we don't have contracts but we're paying physicians, that's one part of the equation, right? I now have to also educate senior leaders or stakeholders involved in that process so they understand the importance of that. And I think that's the, the goal that we should all be striving for, which is, yes, the first part is identifying gaps, weaknesses, strengths, but then the second part is that continued education um, you know, within our organization to stakeholders and kind of highlighting the importance of what it is that we're bringing forward.
0: You, you mentioned uh, physician contracts in our in our last episode. Tell me more about this issue.
1: You're going to hear a lot of discussion about physician contracts in in the very near future, right? We're going to do an episode on speaker programs, but you know, anytime we're talking about physician contracts, a red flag pops up in my head, and I'm sure a lot of compliance professionals kind of have the same flag you're always thinking about potential stark issues or anti-kickback issues uh, related to inducement right anytime your organization is paying a physician you should make sure that there's a contract you should make sure that the contract aligns to both the safe harbor and the exceptions Um, And you'll have some of those key components, right? Make sure that there's fair market value, making sure that value and volume of referrals isn't being taken into consideration. And, uh, you know, these are the types of components you want to make sure that are being looked at when you actually have a contract with a physician or uh, planning on executing a contract with a physician within your organization.
0: So just following back to what you were um, speaking about earlier about your wife being the, um, uh, is it the hand-washing police, you said? (laughs)
1: Yeah, they're always called the handwashing police, which I guess is is a fun fun name, but I mean like if you think about that like if you honestly think about this idea that you need a professional because if you're not aware the infection rates and in individuals that pass away in healthcare settings due to hospital acquired hospital acquired infections, HAIs, is alarming, right? There's a reason why there's regulations built around value of care, you know, related to some of these infection prevention metrics. So, um, you know, it, it, it's funny when you hear this concept of the hand washing police, but at the same time, it's sad because people look at them at the police just like they look at us at the police, and it prevents them from wanting to actually do what they need to do, which at the end of the day only results in you know, uh, negative negative outcomes for the organization, for the patients, right? Uh, The community, it's just just a really bad, bad way of things.
0: What do you think the arena will look like after this pandemic is over? Do you think, um, you know, that public perception will be different um, around, you know, infection control, around compliance?
1: I mean, I I know infection prevention is being looked at very differently now, which I'm glad to see. Right? These are this is a profession that's worked very hard, and you know, just like us, the goal is to protect the organization and the patient. Um, when it comes to when it comes to compliance, I don't know if there's been anything big enough right now that has opened the eyes of senior leaders to understand the re- return on investment of a compliance program. Right, I think right now it's kind of up to an individual program and professional within the organization to kind of explain the importance. But I don't think there's one factor like the, the pandemic right now for infection prevention that's kind of opening people's eyes to the importance of that department. And, you know, I just hope that uh, for our sake and, you know, infection prevention's sake, this isn't just a temporary understanding of the importance, right? This is now a they should have a seat at the table and they're going to continue to have a seat at the table.
0: Well, this, this has been an interesting discussion. Certainly for me, it's um, I want to go back to my organization and, and uh, thank the people who write our policies that some people you know, don't enjoy reading or what have you. But um, I appreciate you and your coworkers, your colleagues who are protecting us out there, even if you don't always get the things necessary.
1: Yeah, I mean, I want to thank everyone, as well. I mean, it's a tough job what we do, but you know, we always we always talk about compliance. But if you think about it, risk management, infection prevention. I mean, there's a number of departments within healthcare and life sciences that, you know, are considered the police in one in one way or another. Um, you know, they're always fighting that uphill uphill battle. So, you know, wish nothing but the best. Every every component of an organization is important. Um, you know, some are. Clearer to see in leaders' eyes because of the monetary gain from the department, but everyone plays a piece in this game of, you know, health. So, you know, hopefully, it's not too difficult for you and your organization, and um, you know, you're able to do it. And more importantly, hopefully, we can kind of really focus on what we need to do to get past this pandemic, um, because it's been sad. And like I said, I don't want to oversimplify the pandemic I more or less wanted to talk about the interesting parallels I see with the different types of quote-unquote police that people look at within the their organizations
0: one thought that just came to mind um you know I'm on training calls almost well every day um with uh, administrators of clinics and such and i keep trying to think like how can i make you know compliance fun how can i make this interesting And even though it's a lot of hard work i love being able to help them run their you know their systems more effectively easier uh from the technology point of view and it i th- you know when i go to bed at night i think well if I just helped out, you know, a little bit with their compliance programs so that they can rest easy, you know, knowing that they're in an audit ready state, um, you know, it feels good to give back in a little way.
1: Yeah. When I I teach a class at the law school here and um, I teach it about health law and regulations, and I know the content can be a bit dry for people. And I usually start the class with, uh, you know, drawing the you know, line and understanding that, just imagine if it was your mom, dad, brother, sister, whoever of your loved ones, you know, in a hospital or, you know, being treated by a physician and kind of having this medically unnecessary or fraudulent occurrence happen to them in their most vulnerable state. You know, and I think when you start drawing that connection on an emotional level and making people understand that that's what we're trying to prevent, I think that hits home a bit more. But it's harder to do on a wider scale when you're talking about senior leadership and kind of making them understand when it comes to like budget dollars or trying to uh, really push for the uh, you know, recognition and value that you, the department needs to get within your organization.
0: These are really good insights, Ahmed. Um, and to those of you listening, do you wanna join us on our next podcast? Do you have topics you'd like us to cover? Um, we'd really like to reach out. Um, we'd like to you know, engage the community. Hit us up on Twitter at ThinkComply. You can email us at info at Complyatric. Um, Ahmed and I would, would love to have you on our show. Thanks for joining me today, Ahmed. Uh, it was an interesting conversation, and um, I encourage our listeners to uh, join us for our next episode of Think Compliance.
1: Thanks Dagmar and I hope everyone is being safe and well and please continue to social distance and wear a mask if you need to when you need to
0: and wash your hands yes <laughs> okay see you later on then
1: bye Dagmar